Welcome to Not Your Average Gun Girls. We are your hosts. I'm Amy Robbins, the founder and CEO of Alexo Athletica. And I'm Emily Valentine, the creator of the lifestyle blog, Style Me Tactical. We are a lifestyle show meant to empower women to live confident, prepared, self-reliant lives. We talk everything from our favorite beauty products to concealed carry firearms and everything in between and bring guests on our show with compelling stories that will inspire and encourage you in your journey. This episode is brought to you by Guardian Nation. Guardian Nation is the community for devoted gun people focused on guarding themselves, their families, homes, and communities. We hope that you'll check it out and consider joining. Whether it be for the monthly training and drill videos, discounts on products in their store, the monthly Guardian Nation Live broadcast with top industry professionals, or the quarterly box of hand-picked Guardian gear, there's something for everyone in becoming a member of Guardian Nation. Check it out at GuardianNation.com. What's going on, everybody? We are back. Another episode. Amy, how are you feeling this week? I like I like to see that you are upright this I'm week versus laying down. I'm not on my back this week. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting way to record a podcast, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm curious amongst podcasters in the world, like what are the oddest places or ways they've had to go about recording their episodes? Ooh, that's a good question. We should have people send in their answers. <laughs> let us know. Where's the straight? Strangest place or position you've ever recorded your podcast in. I think I might be afraid to hear some of those answers. Uh, yeah, you're probably. If we throw a position out there, people may <laughs> may get some strange answers. But you know, the best thing that came from being on my back was we figured out that that was actually the best place to record the podcast. Yes. So <laughs> you know, I'm happy for that and I'm thankful for it. But I am up and moving around, and I'm very thankful to you know you don't you don't appreciate your back until you're. You can't move your back. Right. You know, I think that's how it is with all those kinds of things when like you injure yourself. Yeah. I, I think that we take for granted our bodies and how um, like awesome they are until you just can't move them anymore. So I'm very <laughs> thankful for a back that works and is pain-free. Yeah. I'm so glad that you can um, be up right now and like be with us and um, we you. have a pretty awesome guest, you know, Woo-hoo. our, one of our favorites, our resident, basically just another member of our team here, Brie Warner from Tactigal. Hi guys. I'm good. I'm good. It's funny when I was hearing you guys talk about, you know, the interesting places that you've done podcasts, I'm sort of disappointed. I know that, um, Emily, you not that long ago went on like a family cruise and I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't do a podcast from, from the deck of the ship. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been interesting. That would have won best location. <laughs> best location. Accompanied we probably by like images too. Of yep. course. I guarantee like the minor technical difficulties we sometimes have from like the comforts of our home probably would have just been even more trying to get like a uh, service out in the middle of the ocean, but it certainly yeah. would have been fun. Exactly. Yeah. How's it going, Bree? So it's, good to have you back on. Thank you. It's going great. It's uh, been very busy and uh, I, I have to say it's starting to get cold in New York and rainy and I'm sure snow is not that far behind. So oh gosh, I'm I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, you know, I'll take the, the cooler fall weather. That's good. Well, your house looks like a winter wonderland. Um, <laughs> It like, does. Like unless- a picture of a wind, like something that would be <laughs> yes. on like a postcard or something when it starts snowing. It does. It's very pretty, except when we get like three or four foot of snow and then it's, you know, then I don't get to leave the house basically. No. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> I feel like you should rent it out. Like I want to come just stay there. 
Well, you like can the just winter. stay anyways. So there, there's well, another place you. for you guys to do a podcast. You can exactly. do a podcast. There we go. There we go. But I want to do it when we can come like lounge by the pool yeah. and okay, yes, there do you go. cocktails and have like not your average gun girl like style. Totally. On, I love on the it. back of that. Yeah. I think that's well, you have been so busy. Like yes. you just said, oh my goodness, catch us up. Tell us what you've been up to because um, we can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been it's been an interesting year. I feel like, you know, it's one of those years where the beginning of it started off feeling like kind of slow and things were just, you know, taking a little longer to come together than I was expecting. And then like in true form, as it always usually is, it's like all of a sudden then the summer came and then things just became like a floodgate of just... Uh, classes that were going to get scheduled. I got involved, obviously, with you guys as well, with Turning Point USA, which I'm super excited about. And that's been, you know, getting us a lot of travel and going around and, and meeting so many different people. But uh, no, with the training company, like I said, at the beginning of the year, you know, it was kind of quiet. And, and I have to say, as a, as a firearms instructor in New York, it's definitely a a tough climate to teach in. And I don't mean like literally like the temperature, but just the the viewpoint, the political viewpoints of a lot of New York state people, um, their perceptions of guns. You know, there are actually are quite a bit of, of pro-gun people in New York. But since my company is so geared towards women, it's so difficult sometimes to get the women to come on board to train. Sure. And, and so what I was finding is that a lot of them did have interest, but the biggest pitfall that I've always experienced with training in New York is that unless you currently have a pistol permit, you're not even allowed to like touch a gun in New York, which is crazy to me because right, if that you, is, I just can't believe that. Well, because the the funny thing is, is when you actually go to apply for your permit, you have to already decide what firearm you're going to purchase. So I don't really know how they expect you to sort of know what you want before you even get a chance to like not even shoot it, let alone hold it in sure. a gun store. That's so it just, so backwards. It's very counterintuitive and clearly was not written by anybody that understands firearms. Yeah, how, how all this works. Yeah. Thank God <laughs> you have a neighboring state that doesn't yes. necessarily have much better gun laws, mm-hmm. uh, but they do have an amazing range out there that you have partnered up with yep. to do a whole new series. And we want to talk to you all about what you've got going on with um, RTSP range our good buddies over at RTSP. Um, So fill us in on this new course and how, you know, let us know how the women can find out more information about this because I'm so excited about what you're doing. No, thank you. Well, you're exactly right. So while New Jersey can be a little uh, complicated, definitely with gun rights and gun, uh, you know, kind of laws and restrictions, but at the same time, what does work with them is that you don't actually have to have a pistol permit to go to the range and rent a firearm and shoot or get some training. So for me, that's actually been like a huge blessing because I've actually been able to bring in a lot of New York women who are like, look, I think I want to get a permit. I'm not sure yet. I haven't had a chance to train. Can I come and, and train with you and, and go from there? So that's kind of what we've been doing. And by the way, I'm so sorry. My, I have my dog, my puppy's in the background. He, she got a new toy and she's very enamored by it. And my, my little like obedience clicker is not really working so well with her toy. That's her okay. Pets pet, pet often make, make an appearance, <laughs> exactly. make an appearance on our show. Exactly. Yes, her um, babies are allowed. So no, but so RTSP, you know, they came along and, and they had been morally wanting to kind of build their own uh, female audience that was coming to the range. They were finding that a lot of women were coming in and asking about training, but they didn't really have anything set up specifically for women. And knowing that that's kind of what my whole brand is about, 
uh, we sort of discussed earlier in the year, like how, how can we develop a system of training for these women that allows them basically to kind of get a lot of the fundamentals and even get something that's a little bit more advanced, uh, but it's taught in a way that's not overwhelming. And so we came up with the Tactical Training Series, uh, which I'm super excited about because it's, it gives me an opportunity to take all the different courses that I typically tra- tra- train with on the range and I've actually been able to break them down into smaller increments that I feel like for a lot of a lot of new shooters, it's less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so we have like a five-part series. And basically that series is set up to be very stair-stepped. So you start from like complete novice, beginner shooter, and then we carry you all the way through like different, more advanced techniques, whether it's really dealing with marksmanship, whether it's I'm talking about shooting on the move, dealing with low light situations. And then the best part, I think this is like the most exciting, is that our final course in the series is all based about home defense. And really now taking all these different things that you've learned, whether it's, you know, moving and shooting, dealing with low light, um, things of that nature, how to best basically protect your home. And, And we even talk a little bit about um, you know, the different laws within New York State and within New Jersey and, and kind of castle doctrine and things like that, use of force. So it really gives these women kind of a well-rounded um, training in firearms that is a little bit more than just your absolute basics, hmm. but it doesn't, it's not so crazy advanced where it becomes, you know, very uh, overwhelming maybe for a brand new shooter. Cause that can be kind of scary. <laughs> Do you right? ever have women once they learn about the castle doctor and laws in either of those States be like, um, okay, peace out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it is challenging for them. And I, you know, it's like, I'm one of those people that I have to, you know, I, I also work in law enforcement, so I have to kind of you know, I have to have to follow the walk, basically, you know, if I'm walking the walk, I talk the talk. And so for me, you know, I have to really educate them on what use of force, what's allowed, how to articulate, because that's, that's really what it comes down to. And I think a lot of these women, based on just, you know, our physical stature, our, um, just our physical limitations in comparison to a stronger, you know, more, more likely male adversary, you know, we do have a little bit more latitude for articulating uh, our need for use of force mm-hmm. and, and being in fearful of our life. But at the same time, you know, you can't just, you know, this is not the Wild West and you can't just go off the reservation. <laughs> so I think, you know, it, for me, it's great to be able to not only inform them and educate them in how to use their firearms safely, but also how to sort of deal with different scenarios. Like one of the things that we're going to do with home defense, which I'm, I think is a great little um, addition that we're adding on is that they actually have a virtual um, sort of a virtual trainer, virtual simulator trainer. And so it creates it, it. They're great because it shows you different scenarios that we're going to look at that are very real, whether it's a home invader or um, maybe you've, you've come up to your house and your front door is open. How do you proceed? And they, the trainers themselves, it actually interacts with you. So it reads uh, with a specialized uh, training gun that you use with the system. It actually reads whether or not you're taking the shots. And one of the biggest things that I like to train women to do is, you know, using your voice, using verbal commands, mm-hmm. because that's a big thing. I mean, even in law enforcement, that's your sort of first line of defense typically is is basically using verbal commands. So training these women to have that in have that in them once they go through a scenario, whether they chose to shoot or not, why what led you to do that? What led you to believe um, that that was the best course of action? If you did need to fire your weapon, how are you now going to articulate and retell that story um, so that you have it in your head? Like you understand that it's not 
that the situation doesn't end once you pull that trigger. In fact, yeah. it, if anything, it, it's now just beginning. Uh, and I, I love think those. that. Sorry, yeah, I'm going to cut you off. No, no, no. But exactly. So those trainers I find are incredibly, uh, you know, informative and really helpful for women. Right. And I think like having those types of scenario based trainings with the simulations like that, I know like the times that I've taken them, they help to foster a, a discussion and dialogue around that situation to kind of help get, get everyone's perspective on, on what, what happened, how they reacted and how someone else might react, which I think is you, you know, we're not having these discussions a lot in our daily lives. And when things are happening, when we hear these stories on the news, so then when you're put into an environment where everyone has been able to experience some type of scenario like that, and you can have that conversation with one another and get the idea so you can then better be, be better prepared for when you have to, to have to potentially uh, use your weapon or act or react in a um, self-defensive manner. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, like you said, it's just because we can do all of the physical training in the world on the range, but you know, once it comes to being in that moment, you're always going to default to your, your level of training. Mm -hmm. And if all your training has ever been about shooting, but you've never really trained your, your brain to sort of, you know, figure out how you're going to operate in that situation. Cause hindsight is always 2020 and it's really easy to assess things looking back at all the evidence once it's all been presented. Mm -hmm. But in yeah. moment to moment, if you don't know, what the next turn is going to be, your response is probably going to be very different. I know yeah. I, there was something I learned recently I thought was really fascinating. There was an article I read that it was in Psychology Today, and they were basically stating that in your brain, the the stuff that triggers sort of excitement, the part of the brain that would trigger like the, the all the chemical reactions that would happen when you're excited or or like think about it in like the sense of a haunted house. You go in a haunted house, you know, you're, you're expecting to be scared. Mm -hmm. So when things kind of lurch out at you or you're caught off guard, you have already like this preconceived idea that you're, you're there to be scared. And so mm -hmm. therefore the fear actually ends up becoming less fearful and more exciting and exhilarating. Mm -hmm. And they said that the basically the same part of the brain that deals with that also deals with fear and usually what makes it fear is that you you're not anticipating it's being really truly caught off guard and that's what triggers your response in a fearful manner versus more of a you know kind of a prepared for that moment and mm -hmm. i i thought that was really interesting because mm -hmm. it's it's basically in the, two, the same part of the brain but really it's how we perceive it so if we train our brains to kind of go, all right, what if, play the what if scenario, what if this occurred? How would I respond? What would I do? What action mm -hmm. should I take? And I think that's really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm really proud of RTSP for being a range that is, is dedicated to doing something for women. You know, everyone's trying to reach the women demographic these days and they working with you, I thought was just a genius move on mm -hmm. their part. Uh, first and foremost, because you're one of my favorite female <laughs> trainers, I mean, one of my of favorite trainers anyways, but I'm, I'm just, I'm glad to see that there are people out there that are starting to put this stuff into practice yeah. and, you know, not just do silly things like we talk about all the time, like just throw a bunch of pink guns in there, mm -hmm. you know, their, exactly. their armory, you know. Well, and I love it. And, and what I love too is that, okay, so this, this to me is a great indicator of not only a range that really does care about its, its clientele and really tries to provide them the best options of services out there but at the same time they they also they don't undermine women and that for me yeah. is a big thing in fact if anything obviously they're showing us that they're really wanting to empower more women to mm -hmm. come shoot 
And what I loved is so some of the women that are coming to, to the class are actually said like from New York. So they don't have a permit yet and they don't have their pistol. So a lot of them were basically offered an opportunity to rent a whole firearms package, which is great. Cool. The best part is, is that the firearm that our TSP decided that they felt like was great for these women to learn on was a Glock 19, <laughs> which I love for a number of reasons. A, that was the firearm that I basically started on, which I do love. And it's a great training firearm, you know, because it, it's it's smaller, but it's not, you know, one of these micro subcompacts where they're, they're really whippy and that can be a little bit much for a new shooter. And I, what I also loved about it was that it's a respectable firearm. Like, I cannot tell you how much it drives me crazy when I hear so many people and usually a lot of times, unfortunately men pushing like these like super just tiny little foofy guns that really aren't like, they're not appropriate to learn on for sure. No, They're very wimpy guns. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they don't need something that makes it easier. In fact, if anything, I'm like rise to the occasion. Right. Don't don't dummy it down. Like I'm not saying put a you know a grenade launcher in somebody's hand that's brand new, but yeah. at the same time, you know let's let's give them something that give them the same equivalent of what you would give a man. Yeah. You know, basically to learn well, on. You, and you've got to have a good foundation to start on. Totally. And starting on something small like that is not going to help build and help and help you move forward. No, no it's There's not. There's plenty of small guns that you know, right. like I've I've got you know, like little Ruger LCP. I think about that one. Someone put that in my hand. Actually, I think my dad did first. That's the first gun that he bought. Like my husband, <laughs> the Ruger LCP. I know Drew. Like he would kill me for saying that. He'd be like, I don't own that gun. <laughs> you know, but there's not even like sights on that gun. Barely. I mean. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to teach people the fundamentals and the basics, it's very exactly. important to teach them how to line up the, the sights and all that well, kind of stuff. And it's and very hard to do that on some of these like smaller guns and people don't really realize that. And I think no. there's a lot of women who might not have ever shot any of these smaller guns. They don't realize that the shorter the barrel, a lot of times the more kick there's going to – the more recoil there's going to be because the it doesn't have anywhere to go. The blast doesn't have anywhere right. to go. And so if you're really trying to teach people good muzzle rise and grip and control the, your firearm, it is better to start on something that's a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, so so give us an idea. you got a, a novice shooter that's coming in, wants to take one of these classes. Um, what can they expect in the very first class? And can somebody just jump into any of the classes or do they have to do the succession, you know, start at the beginning to be able to advance to the next course? Sure. So the very first, the fundamentals, the foundations and fundamentals class, that is like literally designed as if you're coming from a place of having very little to absolutely no experience. In fact, we we just had um, one of those classes and I, and I say we just had, but I also have a feeling that we're going to continue with this series. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be wrapping up this five part series in, I think it was the beginning of December, but there's a very good chance that we're going to come back around with this again next year. So, um, if you missed out on that first one, there's going to be an opportunity. I'm, I feel like very, very strongly that we'll be able to do that again next year. But like I said, I mean, it, it really, if you have zero experience, in fact, our first class, we had about three or four of the women that actually had never fired a firearm ever in their life. And they, from the beginning of the class, went from having absolutely zero experience. And in that class, not only learned all the essential fundamentals, and we did them with such repetition that by the end, you know, these women went from zero experience to loading all their own magazines, um, you know, loading their firearm, basically doing all everything that they needed to do as if they've already spent, you know, at least a week on the range. And yeah. It was kind of amazing. The, the, my favorite part, and this is what I love always to tell women, 
is that I had a student who quite literally days leading up was told by someone else that maybe this class was going to be too much for her, this whole series, she shouldn't do it. So she reached out to me because she was kind of thinking, well, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't do this. Do you know she showed up to this class having zero experience? Because I told her, I'm like, well, forget about what they said. Like, you should do this. I guarantee you, you're going to be fine. She ended up shooting the most amazing groups of shots. <laughs> she was such a natural. And I just, I, I just thought it was so funny to me. Because I'm like, here is a perfect example of somebody who had the absolute amazing natural ability that if yeah. she would have listened to somebody else, she would have missed out on an opportunity to, to really learn. Good work. And yeah. she was phenomenal. And yeah. so it, I think that's, you know, that's kind of what our goal is, is that in this mm-hmm. series, whether you're brand new or maybe you have some, some training, look, there's a lot of people that go, they've been to the range, quote unquote, maybe their loved ones have taken them and they've been shown some like really improper ways of doing things oh, yeah. and bad habits. And I'm hopefully there to help them break from those bad habits. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question about the series, you know, we definitely encourage, especially if you're a newer shooter, we encourage you to kind of go through the series in, in sequence because they, they are kind of designed to flow one to the next. But that being said, if you, if you do have some experience, I mean, I, there, we have some of the, our students that, you know, they've, they've spent a decent amount on the range and now they really want to fine tune things. You can definitely drop in and do one-offs on any of these okay. classes. You just have to basically show that, you know, you have credentials that you've, you've trained elsewhere, yeah. you've got some basic knowledge. And that's really more of a, a safety issue for everyone, sure. including mm-hmm. the shooter themselves. But it also, it, it allows them to get the most out of it. Because if you take somebody who has zero experience and then you just put them into a, you know, kind of a class that's now dealing with shooting on the move, but they don't even understand how to have proper grip. Mm-hmm. It's going to be way too much for them to deal with all at once. I didn't know if the price included like all five courses or if you bought each course individually. They do. They, I know they can do an a la carte. And then I know the series, if you bought into the entire series, you basically got like pay f- buy four, get one free. So you got like nice. a pretty great discount. Uh, to kind of help those that wanted to bundle, you know, the whole experience. And gotcha. and like I said, they also offer for people that don't necessarily have a firearm currently, they have a whole package that includes your firearm, your ear protection, your eye protection, and ammo. So you gotcha. literally just That's show up deal. and shoot. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> That's what I like about, like, I, I don't know how it is for, for you ladies, but I know how it is when I am taking any kind of training or wanting to look at classes. I like to see like all the classes that I have and I, and when I know I'm trying to like advance or enhance a skill, I want to see all the series of classes to get me to like whatever my end goal is. So I think it's great that you have that, that package where they can do the series of steps to kind of lead them through the whole sort of from beginner down to home defense. Because I know when I first started out, you know, everyone tells you and, and you know, sort of you take the basic pistol class and most people just kind of take that and, call it a day. Yeah. But that's the, it. and as as we all know, like the you know, becoming a firearms um owner and deciding to conceal carry, this is an entire lifestyle that you have to be willing to embrace. And embracing that is also in means you need to take the training and being able to find a training that you can say, okay, I know I'm gonna do A, then B, then C. I think it's mm-hmm. such a great way to kind of get your skills developed and honed so you can be as comfortable and proficient as you can for, for that amount of series. Yeah. And I think too, you know, a lot of times, a lot of classes, uh, you know, especially when I was kind of starting, you know, I was kind of following the formula of a lot of the trainers that I had worked with. And, you know, these are like 
incredible, you know, former special forces guys. I mean, just really amazing dudes. But they would have, you know, a full day, sometimes even a, a two-day back-to-back class. And while that doesn't necessarily, like, I, I found a lot of enjoyment out of that. But what I was finding with women especially is that my my business model had to look a little different. And I didn't quite realize that at first. But what I did realize is that for women, our day-to-day responsibilities are, are sometimes very different than men. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of moms that have kids that do, you know, soccer and baseball and dance classes yeah. and all this. And so working a, a schedule around their schedule and kind of creating a, a you know, a series of courses that are in smaller increments or four hour courses. So they're not an entire day. It kind of gives them the freedom to do other things. I found that that actually worked a lot better. And also too, I think was because women, when they learn, they're very intense about learning. Like they, they really want to know every bit of minutia Mm -hmm. of everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think for them, it becomes kind of mentally fatiguing, not just physically fatiguing, but also mentally fatiguing when you have them in a full day on the range class. And so I've found that when I do these smaller, four-hour increments they absorb a lot more and like kind of just that retention is better there their, their their memory of retention of what I'm teaching them seems to be better and I find that it for them it ends up being a more pleasant experience because they're not it's like there's there's an idea of like diminishing returns at some point on the range you spend right. too much time and like sure you might've been shooting great and now the wheels are starting to fall off the bus. So you have to know what your limitations are. And as an instructor, that's important for me to also know what the limitations are of my students. When I think having that break in between classes is beneficial because when you're sitting in two, two day, three day, uh, back to back days at the range, like sure. Yes. Over a court, depending on what you're doing, yes, you may end up shooting worse, but also, you may also shoot consistently better over because you've done it. You've done it for eight hours and the next day you've come back, you've done it again. But then when you have that time of days in between where you've gone back to real life mm-hmm. and you have don't necessarily, you're not necessarily handling a firearm all day long that when you get back to that next class, it gives you that opportunity to then apply what you've learned, see what you remembered yep. and to, to kind of see what you need to adjust and then improve. And I think that kind of retention is like, I know for me, is better because I can apply that better to mm-hmm. just how I live in my daily life. Well, and I think it shows, oh, I'm sorry, sweet. Well, I was going to say, I think it shows people too that, you know, it is a, a, a perishable skill. Mm-hmm. And when you have that yeah. gap of time in between, they start to realize, oh, wow, like right. I do have to keep up with this. And I'm not even, I don't even say that as like a trainer, like, oh, you need to c- keep coming back to me. It's more of like, even if oh. it's just dry fire practice in your own home, like, there's you just there's certain things that you have to do with fair consistency in order to stay proficient. And I think yeah. when you have that gap, it's really easy to see. Cause like you said, when you have two back to back days, you know, you might because you're shooting so much, you might be totally on point. But then, you know, then you're like, okay, I'm great. I don't need to go to another class for like six months. And then when you go to that class six months later, you're like, oh wow, like <laughs> right. maybe not so much. Yeah. Are any of the courses um, geared towards people that have their concealed carry license? Are y'all doing any drawing from concealment? We're not really doing, we're, we are doing like, so the next class we've got is presentation and marksmanship. So we are going to be training uh, the women to basically, you know, how to draw from holster, how to do one-handed draws because 
the other thing too is that you know if they go to just a range, most ranges don't allow any kind of working from holster typically, mm-hmm. uh, unless you are in a class environment. And I want these women to know that if they do take a class somewhere else, especially that majority of the time they are going to be doing a lot of work from holster, and that does change things. And you know, teaching women how to be safe as they're they're processing through that. So we are not necessarily doing concealed carry because obviously in New Jersey that's not even a thing. In New York, it is it is a thing, but it's very difficult. So for the general audience, we're not really doing much for concealment necessarily, at least at this point. Maybe next year we might consider something else. Um, But we are still doing a lot of, you know, drawing from holster uh, and things of that nature, just so that they do have that experience. Awesome. Uh, Last question for you. As a firearm instructor, what's the most gratifying thing doing what you're doing? Oh, my gosh. I have the perfect uh, I have the perfect story for that. So I had a student come to my class. She was not signed up for the whole series. She literally, her, her, basically her husband who apparently is like firearms is his passion. He is always at the range. He loves firearms. They have them in the home. She has been very adamant to not even deal with them. Like, and not that she doesn't like, like them. She just is sort of like, that's not, that's his thing. That's not my thing. Right. And for a long time, it sounds like he's been trying to encourage her now, especially since, you know, they do have kids in the home and he feels like he wants her to be able to use that firearm that's there if, if God forbid she ever needed to. And so I, from my understanding, he literally just like paid for the class, you know, and, and dropped her off more or less. and was like, please just take this. And so she was a good wife and it's like, okay, fine. I'll take the one class and call it that. I am so excited because she came to class and it started with her just kind of telling me how like this is kind of more of her husband's desire and and she's just going to go along with it. Do you know by the end of the class, not only was she loading her own magazines, but she was also now being very particular about what firearm that she might (laughs) want to actually try next because she wasn't real happy with what she had, but she wanted to try something else. So she she was kind of exploring. I got a message from her husband and from her basically stating that she came home so excited and felt so good about herself. And like the fact that she, I mean, it was one of those things, the, the, the class ended and she ended up having one round left. We were doing a drill and she had one round left and she figured out she had one round. And so she was just going to pack up and it's like, no, 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 no. Like you have a round, you need to use that and you need to make it worth my while. So like make a count. And the whole class was watching her. She went ahead, took her shot. She hit it dead center. It was perfect. Everybody's cheering, which, again, I don't know if you get that in, like, a guy's class. You don't have guys, like, (laughs) cheering for each other. But all the women were cheering for her. And long story short, not only did she go home with a totally different attitude about firearms and her enthusiasm went through the roof, she proceeded to sign up for the entire series. Then she went out and wanted like the best ear pro, the best eye pro, what gun she's going to get. Like yep. it's, it's been, that to me is why I do this because for the woman that comes into my class, who's probably close to being petrified. I mean, I've had, I've had women that have literally been crying before mm-hmm. they have to step up to the firing line because they want to do this, but they're so petrified and watching them process through that. And then like that, that person, that person that had been crying at one, one of my other classes, she just messaged me the other day. She's applying. She put her application in for a concealed carry license. I love it. Yeah, and this awesome. is why I do what it. Like to me, those are the moments. It's taking women who never in a million years would have ever imagined themselves being okay with putting a gun in their hand and learning how to shoot and defend themselves and suddenly being so enthusiastic about the whole concept 
and jumping full force in. And well, that's why I love I do it. it. And we're so thankful for what you do um, in this industry and for the women mm-hmm. uh, who so have lucky yet to, to have discover you as an the instructor. industry. Yes. Oh, thank um, you. For those that want to find you, tell them where they can go to find you on social media and where they can get more information about these courses if they happen to live up there in the New York, New Jersey area, or if they just happen to be taking a little field trip. Exactly. Yeah. We welcome everybody from all neighboring states, anywhere really. Um, So people can find me. I'm on Instagram. My uh, profile is at Tactigal NYC. I'm also on Facebook as well under Tactigal Inc. And my website uh, is similar. Uh, It's uh, tacticalinc.com. So that's where you guys can find me and more information about my background and whatnot. Uh, I do have some information about the classes with RTSP on my website. Uh, Although I would say the best place to go for for real detailed information is the RTSP website, which is rtsponline.com. And they've got everything there, all the registration processes on their website. It's super easy. And it gives a full description of all the different classes that you can take. Cool. Oh my God, that's and awesome. I'm going to put a little plug in really fast. If you go to Bree's website, you can zhuzh up your um, range bag. I was just uh, <laughs> bring that up. <laughs> I've zhuzhed my my range bag. Yes, Emily, I've have got you zhuzhed your range bag with yep. a cute little patch? Yes, I have. Um, I I love making quirky. I basically design things for for what I like or what I feel like I want yeah. in my life, and then I figured maybe if somebody else might want it, like I'll make exactly. them for sale. So I made, uh, you know, kind of morale patches. Most of the morale patches you see out there are obviously, you know, not really geared towards the ladies. And I'm, I'm a, a little bougie and I do like nice handbags as long, you know, as like they also have Welcome nice Welcome to the with club. Them. Yep. So yeah, so I have a, I have a, um, a bag that uh, is called my, don't worry, my other bag is a Louie. I feel like and, you need uh, to do an entire designer bag <laughs> series though. Yes. Because Emily needs like my other bag is a Chanel. My other bag is a YSL. I mean like. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm going to need one. Here. Can you just make me one for every designer? Yeah. I know, right? We can, we can interchange them. No, for sure. It's, it's been, it was like a really quirky, funny idea that I had for my own bag. And I was like, well, let me just see if like anybody might want this. And, and the response has been remarkably really great. And it's I been kind it. of funny. It's so cute. <laughs> I, I've got one on my bag and um, hope to add to that collection yes. uh, very got some soon space for a couple some more other cool things that could be coming out. I know. Thank <laughs> you. I know. I got to keep, I keep designing away. Well, congratulations on everything. Yeah, that's Brie. awesome. And everything. where can they get the patch? Yep. Oh, website? they can actually, yep. Go to tacticalinc.com. Uh, just go to the, the shop section on the site and you can go ahead and buy there. I've got that and t-shirts. I have a whole new, um, uh, Trump 2020 campaign. It's a little bit more subtle. I wanted to have, you know, my my kind of supportive gear without, honestly, the potential of like, hopefully I don't get attacked. Uh, and and I, I say that kind of laughingly, but that's sort of like the truth because I feel like what we've seen out there in terms yeah. of merchandise has really triggered a lot of people. And mm-hmm. not that I feel like we need to dummy down our support. Like I'm very proud of my, you know, my patriotism and, and who I'm supporting. But at the same time, I, I really rather avoid, you know, a physical assault right. <laughs> for a shirt that I'm wearing. Sure. So I, yeah. I came up with a whole, you know, series of clothing that is, is really, you know, for next year's election and it shows your support, but it's a little bit more subtle, a little more edgy. And, uh, you know, kind of it's one of those things that makes people actually pay attention and look and maybe when they start to actually read the shirt, they figure out what it is. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations (laughs) on all of your success. And thank you again for what you're doing. Everyone go give Brie a follow and check it out. And um, we will see you guys same time, same place. Same place. Thanks you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for having me guys. 
the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.